Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and HMS Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul, like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I shall go there to dwell in city I know since Jesus came into my heart and I'm happy so happy as onward I go since Jesus came into my heart since Jesus came into my Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul, like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my Father in heaven, we thank thee for Jesus. We thank thee for the salvation revealed in him. Bless our broadcast to everyone who listens. In Jesus' name. Sin cannot 
heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God. Are you so busy that the beauty of God's natural gifts to men go almost unnoticed? The song which Miss Del Delker now sings is a new one and reminds us of the many places we can look for evidences of divine love. I see God.
In just a few days, the season of Thanksgiving will be observed in many areas. We find ourselves very thankful today for God's blessings. We are constantly the recipients of the bountiful goodness of God. I think we all might do well to count our blessings more often. While every day should be a day of thanksgiving, we just wish to publicly acknowledge at this time our appreciation to God and to you, our friends and listeners. The men in the quartet, Bob Edwards, Wayne Hooper, Bob Seamount, Jerry Dill, as well as Dale Delker, Brad Braley, and Orville Iverson, and our entire Voice of Prophecy staff wish to thank you for your prayers, for your financial support, and for your letters. Above all, we look to God from whom all blessings flow. I would like to offer my thanks in the lines of this poem written a while ago. We thank thee, Lord, for life and living, for friend and comrade, for faith and love. We thank Thee for all good and giving, for truth and mercy, for light above. We thank Thee, Lord, for home and mother, for stars and sunset, for gain and loss. We thank Thee for our elder brother who prayed for sinners upon a cross. We thank Thee, Lord, for song and laughter, for day and night, for help in pain. We thank Thee for the bright hereafter, the blessed hope to meet again. Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, God points out a man. A young lad, the child of missionaries, was sent to the United States to go to school. At Christmas time, the principal said to the lonely little fellow, Son, what would you like most of all for Christmas? The boy looked at the framed picture of his father sitting on his desk and said, I would like my father to step out of that frame. With those words, he expressed the cry of humanity. We want God, our Heavenly Father, to step out of the frame of the universe and be with us that we may be with Him and know Him. 
That's what Jesus did. He brought God to us. God stepping out of the frame. For, as the apostle tells us, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Those are the words of the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.19. If we want to know what God is like, all we need to do is to look at Jesus. For God is like him. Before Jesus came into the world, God pointed him out in special prophecies so he would be recognized when he came. The great prophecy here in the ninth chapter of Daniel was given to the world and published hundreds of years before the wise men worshipped the babe in Bethlehem. It identifies Jesus of Nazareth as the Son of God and as the Savior of the world. Any world teacher who came before him came too early, came too soon. Any world teacher who came after him came too late to be the Christ of prophecy, to be the Son of God. So, this prophecy points God out to men. And this prophecy points him out as Jesus. Yes, the man Christ Jesus. Now for the setting of the prophecy. Daniel, God's prophet, was in high government service in the city of Babylon then the capital of the world. He was a captive taken by King Nebuchadnezzar in the first captivity from Jerusalem. That city with the holy temple lay in ruins and according to the prophecy of Jeremiah the 25th chapter was to continue so for 70 long years after which the people of Israel were to return to the Holy Land. The angel Gabriel who later announced to the blessed Virgin Mary the birth of the world's Redeemer was sent by God to the prophet Daniel and spoke to him in the following words. Listen. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, that is, the Jewish people, and upon thy holy city, Jerusalem, of course, to finish the transgression, that is, to fill up their cup of iniquity as a people, and to make an end of sins, or as one translation puts it, sin offerings to bring to an end the whole system of sacrificing animals which typified and pointed forward to the atoning sacrifice of Christ and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Isn't that what Jesus did when he died for our sins once for all upon the cross? And to bring in everlasting righteousness. Christ's vicarious atonement makes it possible for sinners to be righteous by faith. And to seal up the vision and prophecy, the fulfillment of this great prophecy makes Daniel's predictions forever sure. And the last is to anoint the most holy, which applies no doubt to the beginning of our Savior's priestly ministry in the heavenly temple. But how many days would 70 weeks be? Counting seven days to a week, 70 weeks, of course, would be 70 times 7, 490 prophetic days or really 490 literal years. For in symbolic prophecy, a day stands for a year. You say, where's proof for that? In Numbers 1434 and Ezekiel 4.6. So actually, we have here 490 years determined upon the Jewish people. But what is the starting point for those 70 weeks of years? We read it right here now in verse 25 of Daniel 9. Know therefore and understand said the angel, that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, that is the Christ, 
the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall and so forth of the city. Seven weeks plus threescore and two would be 69 weeks, or 483 prophetic days or literal years. This would be all but seven of the 490 allotted to the ancient people of God. But when were they to begin? From the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem. How far would these 483 years reach? Unto the Messiah, the Prince, that is, unto Christ. Now what does the word Messiah mean? It means the anointed one in plain English. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit when he was baptized. We read that in Matthew, the third chapter, 13th verse, and Acts 10, 38, how Jesus was anointed by the Holy Ghost. The word Holy Ghost is just the old English word for Holy Spirit. It was then that he went forth as the Messiah or the Christ and began his ministry. That was in the year 27 A.D., according to the margin of your Bible. Now, any schoolboy can figure it. Subtract 27 from 483. That gives 456. Since the year A.D. 27 was not fully gone when Jesus was baptized, we really would get 456 plus, or 457 B.C. What happened in that year? Just exactly what the angel said would happen when he spoke to the prophet Daniel. A commandment, a decree, was issued by royal authority to rebuild Jerusalem and to restore its government. The Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem. The Medo-Persians were to help restore it. Here it is. Here's the very decree itself in Ezra 6, 14. They built it and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the commandment of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Notice it took the commands of three kings to do it, and the year was the seventh year of the last king, or 457 B.C., according to history. And when Jesus came to be baptized, he came at the right time, and the voice of God declared, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit in bodily form came down upon him. Jesus came on time. God pointed out a man. That man was his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to complete his three and a half years of ministry, to be crucified and to die and to rise again from the dead and ascend to heaven. He stood there at the Jordan River in 27 A.D., and there was only one week of the 70 left. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, Galatians 4, verse 4. That was the beginning of the 70th or last week cut off on the Jewish people. And after threescore and two weeks, the prophecy continued. After the seven weeks and the threescore and two, that is, of the 69, were fulfilled, shall Messiah be cut off, that is, killed, but not for himself. He was to die, not for his sins, he had none, but for ours. In a poor section of a large city in France, a tall frame apartment house caught fire. On the very top floor, a father and three little boys were trapped. The father rushed to a window, discovered an open window in a building directly across a narrow passage. Here was a possible way of escape. Planting his feet firmly on the window ledge, he reached across the gulf between the two buildings and put his hands on the windowsill across the way his own body making a bridge to safety. One by one, the little boys crawled over and were saved, but it was too much for the father. Just after the last child had crossed over, the father's strength gave way, and he plunged far below to death. He died for his boys. So the Messiah was to be cut off for us, to die for others. 
He died for our sins according to the scriptures. But the prophecy continues, In the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. Daniel 9.27 By dying as the Lamb of God, he brought to an end all the sacrifices of the bleeding lambs in the temple of Jerusalem. Jesus, you remember when he died, cried with a loud voice, and the holy record is that the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. That's Matthew 27.50. No human hand did it, angel hands. The whole temple sacrificial system had come to an end by the command of God. And Jesus cried, it is finished. Mother said a little girl as she was being put to bed one night, what makes your hands so scarred and twisted? They're not like other people's hands. Well, the mother said, I've been waiting a long time for you to ask me that question. Now I'll tell you. One night years ago when you were real small, I heard a cry upstairs after I put you to bed. I ran up and there I found your bed afire and you were on fire. I took you, tore off your burning clothes and doing that and trying to get you away. I burned my hands and they've been scarred and twisted ever since. I know they don't look like other people's hands, but I received those wounds trying to save you. So today is for us to see the burned hand of Christ, burned in plucking us from the flames, yes, the burned foot, the burned brow, the burned heart, the, all burned for us, as it were, in the fires of suffering. For with his stripes we are healed, as the prophet in Isaiah 53 tells us. After the Savior died in the midst of that last week of years, Still, God did not reject his chosen people as a nation. The disciples went forth preaching to them. For three and a half years this continued, till 34 A.D. when the Christian evangel was finally rejected. Stephen stoned as a martyr. The great rabbi Saul of Tarsus converted the apostle to the Gentiles. The great persecution of the church took place. They scattered and went everywhere preaching the word, two Jew and Gentile alike. Soon after, the city of Jerusalem itself was destroyed, and the people scattered over all the earth. So in this great prophecy, God points out a man, a man who came at the right time at the end of the 69 weeks, the man who died at the right time in the midst of the last week, Jesus, the Redeemer of all men, of all races, all lands, all times. Through the center of every inch of rope used on ships from the great British naval base of Southampton runs an identifying scarlet thread. So through Holy Scripture, from cover to cover, runs the scarlet thread of the blood of Christ. Give your heart to him today, my friend. If you take away the blood, you take away salvation. Don't take away the cross. Accept it. Receive him as your crucified, glorious, and holy Redeemer. Plenteous grace with thee is found, grace to cover all my sins. Let the healing streams abound, make and keep me pure within. Oh, listen to our wondrous story, counted once among the at awful cost Who saved us from eternal loss But God 
Orville Iverson, your associate minister of the Voice of Prophecy, suggesting that in the spirit of thanksgiving, we more frequently look up to God and ever go forward in faith. Have faith in God and His eternal plan. Have faith in God, great prehistorian. Have faith in God when He points out a man. Have faith, dear friend in God. We hope this transcribed program has served to give you spiritual strength for the coming week. And now we invite you to join us again next week at this same time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. Remember, every Thursday is prayer day at the Voice of Prophecy headquarters, and we invite you to meet with us in prayer. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.